Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. I live in Buffalo and we have been dealing with poor air quality from the fires in Canada for the last month or so. Uh, I used to live in Shanghai and dealt with air quality issues there as well. So I've been looking into how to deal with this as a runner since when we lived in Shanghai, um, yeah, we were pretty dumb <laughs> and we ran in it anyway, uh, majorly, majorly times that we should not have. I remember feeling the burning in my lungs and then uh, actually having grit in my teeth and still we would run. Before I knew anything about running, and by we I mean uh, Dave and I, my husband, we would basically run hard for every run, run in extreme heat, and a few times we were approaching some dangerous territory with that, and ran in poor air quality no matter what. I think maybe it's being the firstborn child for both of us. <laughs> That's why we tend to be uh, very stubborn and go, 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 and and at the time as well, to be fair to us, uh, we we knew probably that you shouldn't run in poor air quality from a, I don't know, in one way, but we didn't realize that it can actually do some pretty bad damage and that we absolutely should not have been running in it. Now that I know a lot more about recovery, running slow to run fast and when not to run in extreme heat, I decided to delve into what we need to look for as runners when it comes to poor air quality since it seems like uh, we've there have been those of us in states that didn't have to worry about that so much. Are We're now suddenly having to think about that more. So no matter the cause for poor air quality, pollution or smoke, you are breathing in harmful particles. And sometimes you can feel that burning in your lungs or the grit in your teeth. Like I said that we did uh, in Shanghai and I've felt some of that here in Buffalo on the days that the smoke has been really bad. In the case of wildfire, it's not just smoke, it's the toxic chemicals from things that are being burned and the harmful gases that can irritate the respiratory system. When there's a fire, you know, it, even if it's a quote-unquote wildfire, there are still other structures and other things that is burning through and those chemicals from whatever it's finding and burning are released into the air along with the smoke. So these particles irritate airways and then they can trigger inflammation, which you may experience, you know, by coughing, wheezing, just plain difficulty breathing or feeling like you're getting enough oxygen. And while running, because we're huffing and puffing, we are decreasing our lung function. So we're bringing all of this stuff into our bodies. And when you can't take in as much oxygen, you're decreasing your performance. And obviously that is not something that we want to do. Hopefully if you have asthma or any other respiratory illness, you are either wearing a mask when you go outside, not even to run, but just everyday life, or you're staying in. When the air quality index is indicating that it's very high. And even for those of us who don't have that situation, the intensity of running can contribute to lung damage. So the harder you're working, the more you are sucking in the bad stuff. 
So consider lowering the uh, mileage and the intensity on days that you are running outside if the air quality index is over 150. Just like with running in the heat, you know, you're going to want to lower that intensity, maybe lower that mileage. And if you're, uh, if you're part of the sensitive group, anything over 100 in poor air quality, the, you know, air quality index number, that means you should be running inside. And as you can imagine, heat in the summer makes it worse. So when mother nature ramps up the heat, in addition to the air quality index, those chemicals are also heating up in addition to just kind of hanging around. So runners need to be careful in the heat and in poor air quality. So both at the same time means you need to take precautions and maybe make the decision to not run that day. Most of the time when you see an AQI number, air quality index number, you will also see a visual of the level of caution necessary. In case you don't though, if the number is under 100, you're a-okay to run. Now, if you're healthy and you're not in a sensitive group to the pollution or a smoke or, or smoke, you know, you don't have asthma or any other respiratory illness, you're not a child, you're not elderly, uh, to name a few in the sensitive category, you may want to consider running indoors, but running outdoors should be okay, provided you aren't running super hard for super long. Anything 151 and above means you should run inside. Ed Aval is a researcher and professor at the Keck School of Medicine USC, and I read an article that he did that says when the air quality is bad, but still running outdoors is okay, you should try to run in the morning. So the Earth's ozone levels are at their highest in the middle of the day, and if you wait until evening, like during rush hour when all the cars are you know blowing their stuff out, those fumes are added to the already poor air. So that air quality index number can be higher, even if it's hovering over something for like the afternoon. If you live in a city, that can get hiked even further in late afternoon or rush hour. You can also run with an N95 mask, and that's something that we many of us because of COVID may have already in our homes. So an article in the New York Times in the wire cutter section compared different masks and they came up with several recommendations and I'm going to link to uh, those in the show notes so that you can see the different recommendations and the way that they tested them out and links to be able to get them if you want them. When the article was written, it was, it was during COVID. So finding masks was very, very difficult. And if that happens again, those of us who are runners might want to build an emergency stash of items like masks, you know, that we have available to us if we ever enter another pandemic session or some other type of global emergency where we're still able to run, but maybe we don't have access to the things that we are used to having. Building an emergency stash of things is something that I learned to do when I lived in Japan. Everyone was taught to have an emergency supply bag to go in case we had to evacuate because of an earthquake. Now, for those of us who run, having an emergency running kit may be something you want to have. Things like a full supply of fuel, blister band-aids, emergency running gear. Those can come in handy if you're, even if you're, say, your washing machine breaks. I've been there now. Uh, new for Buffalo in 2023 for an emergency is masks for smoke pollution. All these different things that we can have on hand can allow us to be able to go out for that run 
even if in other circumstances we wouldn't be able to. So since poor air quality can decrease your performance and cause permanent damage, you may want to think more about what you are running in. And you can check what the air quality is where you are by going to airnow.gov, which I'll link you to, to see the numbers to make smart decisions. And the, and the article I talked about before with Ed Aval, he also said, we can do both. We can be prepared for poor air quality and we can get our run in if we're smart about it. So we don't have to totally abandon it and we don't have to totally be running in poor air quality just to get the job done. Be smart about your running, especially when it comes to things like this that can cause bodily damage and lower our performance. We do not want that and it is not worth that one run to make your body work harder, have lung damage, things like that. Next week, I'll be talking about the importance of consulting professionals when you are trying to get back to running after an injury. So my husband ruptured his Achilles tendon last November, and he is just getting back to a running routine now after months of physical therapy. So I'm going to talk to you about the advantages of not just going out and going at it on your own or trying to rehab or figure it out by yourself, but consulting the professionals that are there to help you that can get you back to running healthily and for a greater period of time so that you're not continually coming back into an injury cycle. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once a month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will, of course, link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the run.